Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Monday, July 10th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians uh, fall in the final game before the All-Star break, 4-1 to against Kansas City. Uh, Shane Bieber uh, roughed up in, in his uh, final start of the first half. Uh, just what we, uh, something that we've seen a, a little bit out of, of Bieber over his last four or five starts uh, is that he's really good the first couple of times through the uh, the lineup uh, for the opposition, and then uh, all of a sudden uh, he gets to that third time through and things start to fall apart for him. Yeah, very uh, uncharacteristic of Bieber. Uh, Joe, he's uh, in his last uh, five starts, he's 0-3 um, uh, with a 5.22 ERA, 17 earned runs, 29 hits, and 29 in the third innings. And like you said, most of the damage comes in, you know, a one big inning uh, later in the game, like, it, you know, in his third or fourth time through the lineup. And, uh, you know, he uh, he was asked about that la- yesterday. Uh, he said, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, except for uh, it being the third time through the lineup and them getting a better look at him. Um, you know, he really didn't have any explanation. He said he could probably execute his pitches better. You know, he could uh, throw. Use, he was talking about using his fastball inside more and standing hitters up. I guess getting them off the plate, stopping from leaning, stopping them from leaning over the plate. Uh, it was a weird inning where uh, he gave up the uh, the. You know, he had the one. Uh, he had, it was a one-one game, and he gives up the three runs in the fifth. You know, he hits Salvador Perez with one out with an 0-2 pitch. Then he gives, he was ahead on then, uh, he was ahead when Freddie, uh, Fermin, uh, you know, hit the, hit the double that, that, uh, put Kansas City up ahead again. Then I think he was ahead on, 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 uh, the triple too, the two run triple that by Massey that, um, you know, that made it, uh, four to one. And that's the way the game ended. So he's, he's, he's ahead in the count. He's just not finishing guys off. Yeah, and that's uh, not not usually the case uh, for Bieber with his 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 um his mix and his ability to you know throw strikes and be on the plate and you know avoid uh, losing batters uh, in those situations. That's uh you know it's something we haven't really seen out of him. Do you think there's anything else at play? Maybe you know not necessarily mechanically, not necessarily you know strategy wise, but uh, is there there anything going on you know maybe between the ears? 
Well, you know, obviously he's he's a subject of uh, a lot of trade rumors, um, you know, and, and the uh, talk is only going to increase, you know, the closer uh, uh, every team, including uh, the Guardians, get to the trade deadline on, what, August 2nd. So, yeah, that might be playing a part. I talked to him uh, not after yesterday's game, but – but uh, you know, before that, about how he de- how he's dealing with it, he said, "I just I'm just moving forward. I try not to think about it too much." Uh, and I was wondering, you know, if the if the team, you know, sometimes in the past, Cleveland has told these told certain guys, "Look, it, you know, we're, you're not going anywhere. Um, you know, or if something is going to happen, we're going to talk to you before it does." And he says, you know, he really hasn't heard any too much conversation from uh, the front office regarding that. And uh, so I guess that's where we're sitting, Joe. I mean, you know, I, I'm, Shane Bieber is human. I would think uh, it's it's a subject that, that's kind of floating around in the back of his head. It will just exactly where he's going to be, you know, in the, in the next three or four weeks. Yeah, and he's human. And, and that's the point is that you can't just – uh, assume that these guys can compartmentalize and, and just go ahead and, and go out there and perform at the highest level when, uh, you know, there are these these giant question marks out there for him. And, and if he doesn't have answers or if he's not, you know, fully convicted when he takes them out, it's it's easy to see why he might lose focus the third time through the lineup. Uh, not saying that that's necessarily the case, but, you know, it's, a, it's always a possibility. Uh, so the Guardians go into the break. Uh, 45 and 45, but they find themselves a half game up on the Twins in the American League Central. Uh, six and three records so far in July. 14 and 12 in June. Uh, this is uh, this division, and they're they're right where they were last year at about this time. And and the Twins, uh, you know, in the same boat. Uh, last year they they sort of took off in the second half, and you know they they went 40 something, and and I think 46 and 26 maybe. Uh, something like that, and uh, you know, it was it was a, an impressive stretch run. Uh, do you get the sense that this is a team that can duplicate that? Well, you know, I think uh, you know, last year they really that 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 starting rotation settled in in the second half, uh, and uh, this sec- this rotation is kind of up for grabs right now, Joe. So I think if there is a concern, it's probably that you know whether. Uh, you know, Terry Francona, you know, told reporters on Sunday that uh, the rotation is going to coming out of the second uh, out of the break on Friday is going to be Savali, Gavin Williams, Tanner Bybee, um, Bieber. And uh, then he did not announce the uh, fourth, the fifth starter, uh, you know, so they can carry an extra reliever through the first four games, you know, of, of that of that uh, of the uh, Texas Pittsburgh road trip. And uh, so we'll see. But, you know, I mean, you know, you've got what two rookies in there. You've got a guy that that might be traded uh, and you've got Aaron Savali starting the second half, you know, who's had a couple good starts. But, you know, when he opened the season, he was probably the third starter. So, you know, it's uh, you know, I worry about that. I think, you know, if there's a big difference between this year and last year, it has to be the rotation. On a positive note, though, what they what they do, uh, what they do have uh, potentially going into uh, the second half that they didn't have last year is a fully healthy Jose Ramirez. Uh, last year, of course, he was struggling with 
the uh, the thumb injury. It, it, it sort of after he was off to such a hot start, he he cooled off in the second half of the season. He was still highly effective, but uh, you know he wasn't the same as he was in the first two months of the season. Uh, how can Jose Ramirez uh, sort of maybe carry this team in the second half? Uh, great point, Joe. I, you know, I forgot about Jose. He's uh, he's coming on a little bit. You know, we haven't seen the uh, the explosive power that that he showed. You know, in the first what month and a half last season. But he's certainly he's getting his hits. He's getting on base. You know, he's setting up the rest of the offense. And offensively, they played pretty well since since June. You know, that they, they mm-hmm. had a great June. I thought offensively. You know, I think uh, they're, they're, you know, it looks like, uh, you know, Rosario's coming around. Uh, Jimenez is coming around. You know, well, Will Brennan has had a pretty good streak. Uh, we've seen some some good swings out of uh, out of uh, uh, Josh Bell. And, and, uh, and, and uh, Josh Naylor has been a rock through the whole thing. So, you know, I, I, I'm encouraged about the offense, which, you know, has really held them back in the first half, I thought. Yeah, you're finally getting, uh, you know, at least league average or close to it production out of the uh, the catching position as well. You know, jo- uh, Bo Naylor's had a, a, an opportunity to to play a little and, and get on base a couple of times that we've seen, even though he did have a an 0 for what 19 stretch there. Uh, he's he's at least going to give you a, a chance to to get on base a couple of times. Like, like you said, the the offense seems like it's been on a slow and steady. Uh, upward trend uh, since the start of June. So uh, that's great to see. It's at least made it uh, a a lot more watchable baseball uh, because there were times when, uh, you know, it was two to one every night and, you know, things were were sort of hard to keep track of and hard hard for us to stay focused on a little bit there uh, as well. Uh, let's, uh, let's touch a little bit on, on the, uh, the draft from last night. Uh, of course the, the guardians had three picks on the first night of the draft. Uh, we'll go through each one of those, uh, this afternoon, uh, draft kicks off. They should be wrapping up their, um, picks, uh, rounds three through 10, uh, around six thirty seven o'clock tonight. So we'll have a recap of that as well. Um, uh, you start with, uh, the, the first pick that they made, I believe it was number 23 in the first round. Uh, and it was a bit of a departure from over the last uh, couple of seasons uh, from 20 from 2021 through 20 uh, and, and I'm sorry 2021 and 2022 uh, they went with uh, you know college players you know experienced guys guys that could could come in and you know start somewhere in the in the farm system already uh, in in Chase DeLauder last year and Gavin Williams uh, who's already up with the big league club. Uh, they decided to go back to, uh, you know, sort of the strategy that had carried them the, the previous, uh, you know, five, six years from 2015 to 2020 uh, with a high school talent at the uh, at the back end of that uh, that first round. Uh, Ralphie Velasquez out of Huntington Beach High School uh, in California. He is a big boy, uh, big body, 6'2", 6'3", uh, you know, 215, 230 pounds. Uh, a catcher slash first baseman, uh, but but Paul Gillespie, the the director of scouting, says this kid uh, has he just has that it factor in terms of uh, you know leadership and you know charisma and and he's the kind of guy who can can lead and carry a team. Uh, this could be a guy who, if he's not going to stick behind the plate, could maybe wind up on one of the corner infield spots. Yeah, that's a great point, Joe, and uh, I think they said the same thing about Bo Naylor. When they mm-hmm. took him with, uh, you know, a catcher 
uh, when they took him in the number in uh, as their number one pick. So interesting guy, but you know, a high school guy again, Joe. Four or five years at least in the minor league system, right? I mean, we're we're not going to see this guy for a while. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a little while, and you know, he's got to work his way up. And there are are things that he has to, you know, it's another left-handed bat. It's a left-handed power bat, though. Uh, this is a guy who's got you know raw power and uh, you know good uh, you know bat to ball, but it, it's going to take a while for him to develop. I think uh, I think he'll hit. I, I don't think that's a question. It's going to be where is he going to hit? Where is he going to be effective on both sides of the ball for uh, for this organization? Uh, it'll be interesting to see once they get him in house and get him working. Um, you know what uh, what transpires there. Hey, you know we we know that they have the ability to to develop a guy as a as a catcher. We we've seen it. Bo Naylor is is that guy right now for the Guardians and. Uh, we've been impressed with the, you know, in a, in a very short time at the major league level with what we've seen, uh, you know, so hopefully Ralphie uh, gets a, his his chance to to prove himself in the organization and and comes up, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see him in, in a few years. Yeah, Joe, uh, after, what, uh, okay. he, where is he committed to? He's committed. Is he committed to Arizona State? Arizona, Arizona State. State. I, I think what's the what's the draft slot? Is it nine? Nine? It's. 3.4 million. 3.4 million. I think he's got 3.4 uh, million reasons uh, not to go to Arizona State. That's uh, <laughs> that's uh, you know a pretty good uh, you know uh, pretty good guess that he'll be you know signing uh, in, in the next couple of weeks here. Uh, the uh, com- uh, I believe it was the uh, competitive competitive balance round uh, two. No, no, no. Well, this was their se- it was their yeah. second round pick. Their second round pick uh, number 58. 58, 58, uh, 58 went to, um, and it was, uh, Alexander, uh, Clemmy, uh, six foot six, big, tall, lanky left-hander, uh, who can get the ball up there. 98, 99 miles an hour. Uh, this kid's numbers, uh, in high school, I think he pitched what 43 innings last season and struck out 105 batters, uh, an absolutely minuscule ERA. I think he gave up two earned runs all season last year. Uh, and his whip was below uh, below one. It was like 0.86. Uh, he, he had all the numbers. And, uh, you know, the, the fastball is obviously what he, he lives by. Uh, he's, he's got a good slider. Uh, according to Paul Gillespie, he's he's working on his changeup. This is something that he's going to develop and, and, you know, uh, try to see if he can he can make that a third pitch that's viable in the in the pros. Uh, because if he can do that, then he profiles as a, a guy who can maybe start for you. And uh, he's he's he gives you, uh, you know, Sam Hentges vibes and, and Tim Heron vibes in terms of, you know, the big, tall, lefty, lanky who uh, are lanky left hander who can you know, fire the fastball up there at upper 90s and, and then break you off a hard slider. Too. Yeah, he's a kid from Rhode Island. Uh, you wonder how much, you know, he's really played, Joe, if he's from the Northeast. You know, so that's a question. A little command issues, I guess. You know, in there you would figure with a high school kid that throws that hard that he'd have, you know, there'd be some you know, there'd be some walks uh, and, and some co- control stuff. But, geez, an exciting kid, Joe. And uh, he, I think he's a Vanderbilt commit. Uh, mm-hmm. Slot value is about $1.4 million. And, uh, you know, I think uh, they might have to go over that to get this kid, I would think. Yeah, if, there, if there's an opportunity for him to play at Vanderbilt, then, uh, 
you know, they, they might have to do that, go over uh, the slot value to, to sign him. And because heck, if he goes to, to Vandy, they can, they can develop those command, uh, you know, principles for him and uh, make him a uh, much more, if, if he's got dreams of being a starter in the pros, uh, you know, maybe that's, that's where he winds up is, is going to Vandy, but I don't think they, uh, they, they take him at 58 without the sort of knowledge that they, they've got a, a, a chance to sign him if, if that's the case. Yeah. Uh, the, um, great point. Cause these guys, they don't, they don't spend all that time, all that money drafting, you know, following these guys without having a really good idea that they want to turn pro. Yeah. Uh, as far as their final pick of the night, uh, they went with, uh, Andrew Walters, the uh, basically the, the top reliever in college uh, baseball this past season, a University of Miami uh, closer, and he was lights out. I think he, uh, he led the ACC in um, saves and over his career at Miami, uh, he was uh, w- one of the active leaders uh, in ERA and uh, in, in whip and uh, strikeouts per nine. The strikeouts per nine is what really jumps off the page at you. Uh, 15.0 strikeouts per nine uh, for Andrew Walters. Uh, this is a guy who his fastball, I, more than one occasion, Paul Gillespie last night uh, described his fastball as unique. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious and anxious to see some video on this guy uh, just at what he's throwing. Obviously, it's uh, you know upper 90s fastball, but uh, he throws a lot of fastballs. And during his junior year, I saw the stat out there that uh, he was using his fastball 90% of the time. Uh, that's uh, that's something that, you know, you're not just going to be able to overwhelm these pro hitters. So uh, he better have a, a secondary pitch that he can go to. He's, he's, he's developed a slider that he used a lot more as a senior. Uh, it'd be interesting to see uh, how uh, how he projects. Uh, and, and this is a guy that can probably come in and maybe help you in a couple of years uh, right away with uh, with the big league club. Yeah, college pitcher, you know, for what, a four-year senior? So uh, I don't know if he has a red shirt left, but, you know, so he's he's going to come out. He's going to he he's gonna want to pitch in the pros. Uh, he, had a, he had a, a, a COVID year. Uh, he was one of those those COVID kids. So, um, oh, okay. you know, the, the 2020 season he didn't have, so that's why he had the extra year of eligibility. Okay, good, good. So, I mean, uh, so, yeah, another arm for the bullpen, you know, and, and uh, we've seen – you know the uh, the uh, college the college you know pitchers at Cleveland drafts and and develops they get up here pretty fast and so since he's a, a reliever that makes him on a faster track as well I think yeah well I mean it's not like uh, you know the uh, what was the 2021 season when they drafted all college pitchers except for you know three out of their 20 picks or or, or whatever it was uh, that it's it's a little different they they decided to go back to the the high school uh, you know, um, guys at the top of the, uh, the draft. So, uh, you better hit with a, a guy like Walters and in, in terms of, you know, making him, if he, if he's somebody you want up with the club in the next couple of seasons, uh, he, he, he better be, uh, able to, to, to produce that kind of stuff. So, uh, we'll, we'll follow him. We'll see where he winds up. Maybe he gets, uh, maybe he gets sent to, to Lynchburg or, uh, or Lake County, uh, early on to, to, to finish up this season. Who knows? Uh, but we'll we'll see it. We'll see what happens after they sign. Uh, uh, one other draft note, uh, you know, of, of big interest to some of the guys on the uh, the, the club right now. Uh, Miles Naylor, the youngest brother of the Naylor clan, uh, selected 
in the at the end of the first round, at the end of the uh, the compensatory picks uh, or the competitive balance picks at the end of the first round, uh, he goes what I think 39th to uh, Oakland, uh, which is uh, you know not a not a terrible thing if you're Miles Naylor uh, because you've got uh, Denzel Clark, who's uh, your cousin, is already at Double A in the Oakland organization. Uh, so there there might be a chance there in a few years for Miles Naylor. Maybe if he's not playing with his brothers in Cleveland, uh, he could certainly uh, maybe make the team with uh, his cousin in Oakland or Las Vegas or wherever they're playing. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, a young ball club, a rebuilding ball club, you know, you, maybe your chances are better. You know, if you're if you if you're a high round pick of coming in there and and getting on the fast track and getting to the big leagues a little faster than if, you know, if a winning club had, had taken you. Um, he's a right-handed hitter, Joe. The two mm-hmm. the two Naylor brothers, his older brothers are lefties. I wonder how that worked out. Uh, you know, it's one of my, my college roommate uh, was a right-hander, but his dad growing up uh, only would let him wear, uh, you know, a glove on his, his right hand. It made him a left-handed thrower. He said, he said, if you're a, if you're a lefty pitcher, there there's always a place for you if you can put the ball over the plate. So, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe they just ran out of left-handed gloves for uh, for miles yeah. at, at the end there. I, I don't know, but uh, Tito really likes to likes him. Tito liked what he saw when they, he took batting practice with him in uh, in San Diego, and he said, uh, boy, you know, if uh, if Miles doesn't uh, doesn't make it as a playing baseball, he could he could play linebacker. He said he's six two. Uh, 195 pounds, room to fill out his frame. So could be interesting uh, to see, uh, you know, and follow the career of Miles, Miles Naylor. Uh, I talked to both Bo and Josh on uh, Friday uh, in, in anticipation of Miles getting drafted. Uh, they joined the the Drew family as, uh, you know, only the second family to, to have uh, three brothers taken all before the second round, not necessarily uh you know, first round pick, I guess, I guess he counts as a first round pick since, uh, you know, the, the second round hadn't started yet, but, uh, you know, Josh was a, a what a 12th pick. And, and I think Bo was like the 23rd pick. So, uh, you know, all three guys are, are taken before the second round, just like the Drew family, JD, Steven, and Tim, who was a, a pick of the, uh, uh, of Cleveland back in, in the early two thousands, I believe. Yeah. N- number one pick for the, uh, for the Indians, didn't pan out as great as uh, J.D. drew, but uh, he was a pitcher. Uh, he made it to the big leagues with Cleveland. Didn't stick around very long, though. Yeah, so hopefully Miles Naylor uh, makes it to the big leagues, uh, gets a chance to play uh, against, or heck, heck, maybe uh, maybe they work out a trade and uh, and bring him in, and he gets to play with uh, Josh and Bo at some point, but uh, we'll see. Uh, a couple of uh, notes to wrap up here before we get going. Uh, Emmanuel Classe will not uh, appear in the All-Star game. Uh, he flew home after uh, yesterday's game to uh, be with his girlfriend, who's uh, expecting and pregnant. Uh, Tito said it's with the full blessing of the team uh, and the league. So, uh, you know, best wishes to Emmanuel Classe as he's uh, imminently going to be a father, which is, uh, you know, uh, you know, an exciting time for anyone. Uh, we've got the home run derby tonight. Uh, Hoinsey, who's your pick in the home run derby? I'm going. I'm staying with the polar bear. I, you know, I think he's uh, Alonzo's the guy. He's the favorite, so I'm going to go with him. But he's got Rodriguez right in the first round. It's yeah, hometown, uh, hometown favorite. So that should be a good one. He'll uh, he'll have the whole uh, the whole stadium against him uh, going out there. That should be uh, should be interesting to watch uh, for sure. 
Uh, all right, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we'll be back again to wrap up the Home Run Derby, the spectacle of it all, uh, tomorrow. And, uh, you know, uh, as we head into this all-star break and, and sort of, uh, uh, you know, wrap up all the news and notes of the week and get ready for the second half, uh, Hunzi, we'll talk to you then. All right, Joe.